And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. They all float down here. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 62 of the podcast. Glad to have you guys back. Um, let's let's not uh, split any hairs. Let's jump right into it. So we've got the box office. Let's, let's dive in. Yeah, well, actually, let's do... Um, you want to do the contest first, or do you want to do box office first? Uh, yeah, let's do the contest. All right, we'll get this contest out of the way. So we haven't done a contest in a while, right? So uh, we have a digital copy of Avengers Endgame to give away, uh, a 4K digital copy. And uh, in order to win it, all you have to do to get an entry is to... Should we sprinkle, sprinkle the code somewhere in the episode so they don't just listen to the first part and then... Uh... And then... <laughs> <laughs> if you want, we so can do the, that. The, yeah, let's make an Easter egg. We, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a. You're gonna tweet us a uh, tweet at the Fanboy Garage with a uh, special code word or saying, uh, and we will uh, kind of bury that in this episode somewhere. So keep on listening uh, Happy for your hunting. chance. Yeah, to win a uh, 4K digital copy of Avengers Endgame. Uh, and with that said. Now we can talk about the box office. We haven't done box office in a while. And uh, the reason is because there really not much was happening, right? Uh, but uh, this weekend, this past weekend, we got our first big release uh, in a few weeks. Uh, and that was It Chapter 2, mm-hmm. which uh, debuted to $91 million, just over $91 million opening weekend. So that's below the first movie. The first movie did $123 million. Um that's- Yep. And it's under what the original like forecasts were for it. They most people kind of had it doing over 100 million, but it's still the second biggest R-rated horror movie release uh, opening weekend ever. Uh it uh, eclipsed last year's Halloween, which did 76 million, and of course it it falls short of its predecessor, the first part of it, which did the 123 million. So this is still a, a very big success. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie that reportedly cost fifty five million dollars to make, um, and it did it, it it basically uh, is one hundred eighty five million worldwide too. So it's total. So it did well overseas as well. Right. Uh, the first movie had almost an even split uh, between domestic and where it did a little bit more uh, world uh, overseas, but mm-hmm. it was like three, you know, whatever it was to like three seventy something. So it. it it uh, it was a pretty even split, I think, both ways. So, so far, this movie's doing the same thing, about an even split, yeah. which is good news. Um, and we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about, because uh, Ron Diesel asked us a question about the box office. So, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But just why, do you, why do you think it took a, l- a little bit of a tumble? Well, so that was Ron's question, basically. Yeah. So, I guess we could talk about it now. So, so Ron's question was... Um, Due to the amount of money that It Chapter 2 made opening weekend, do we think fans of the material either were waiting for word of mouth or decided to skip this movie due to knowing the adult stuff um, wasn't going to be as interesting as the kids from the first movie? So I actually think it's a combination of a few things, the way I look at this. Uh, I think one of the reasons is that this movie is uh, about a half hour longer than the first movie, which means that there's going to be you know less times, right? per day right. that you're going to have this. So that's going to drive down somewhat. 
Yeah. It's not going to be responsible for a, a $30 million decline, but it's it's going to be responsible for part of a decline. Uh, it's hard to say about the word of mouth because the word of mouth on this has been almost identical, despite the fact that the critics' reviews were not the same. The word of mouth has been pretty much identical. It had the same exact cinema score, right, a B plus. And the audience scores have been pretty much the same as the first movie. So I think the word of mouth has been pretty strong. I think that what happened here is that, you know, this movie is in a very strange place, right? Uh, Because it's, people will say it's not technically a sequel, right? It's the second part of one big story. Right. But this movie does play very much like a sequel in that the first movie had a beginning, middle, and end. Right. It was a you could watch that as a standalone film, having no idea of the entire story of it. If you didn't know that, then you know eventually they come back as adults and all that stuff. You could watch that movie for what it is, and it's a standalone experience. So this movie almost plays as if it's a sequel, and I think people have treated it that way. I also believe that this a big reason for the enormous success of that first movie had to do with the fact that. I really feel like the success of Stranger Things had a big yep. effect on that because I feel like people just were caught up in that whole idea of like kids against evil. And I think it, it really reaped a lot of the benefits of the success of Stranger Things and rode that momentum. So I, and I've always believed that. And, and obviously this movie now focusing more on the adult side of things isn't going to have that novelty. So right. I, I do think that was part of it too. Now, clearly, the fact that it did ninety-one million and it's the second highest-grossing R-rated horror movie opening weekend of all time tells you that while the demand for this opening weekend wasn't anywhere near what the first movie was, it still was an insane demand. So clearly, there was still a much bigger audience for a movie like this, um, you know, than you would normally have, right? Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I don't. So, you know. I'm trying to put my finger on it, but I I uh, I agree with everything you said. I just um, I wonder. I don't know if a lot of people. I mean, I, I think people are fairly familiar with the fact that this was a two part, two parter. Um, but that's just me because I'm familiar with the <clears throat> one. I'm familiar with the source material, and two, I'm familiar with the series. So. Um, I think I'm coming at it from a different place. Right. There may be younger audiences, you know, the 18 who can get into rated R movies, 17 who can get into rated R movies, who may have just thought it was just a one and done. And so they're kind of like, what? Again? Why? You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. they thought it was a complete and, story. And, and look, I mean, fun. if to me, that's why I use the Stranger Things thing, because I really yeah. believe that that was a big deal, the big factor in this, because, if you know, it couldn't have been the Stephen King brand because Stephen King has had numerous movies made based on his books and none of right. them have even approached the success right of it. Right. I just think it became its own thing unto itself. And I just feel like it rolled that wave. And I feel like, um, you know, the reason why people tuned, uh, did head out to the theaters this weekend uh, to see it. Chapter two was one, because there were, you know, people that were aware that there was going to be a second part. Maybe they wanted to see more of like the kids stuff. Uh, You know, there's a lot of reasons for it, but I I don't really believe that the success of the first movie was because people were desperate to see an it movie in theaters. Uh, I'm sure there were some, 
I'm sure that was part of it. But I, I do believe that maybe that extra $30 million or so was really just people that were there because they, they liked the idea of like a movie set in the 80s with kids battling evil. Right. You know, that, that right. concept has worked on a number of occasions. <laughs> and you had, you know, one of the stars from Stranger sure. Things. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, and we'll kind of get into this as we unpack a review of the film, but there's a lot more kid stuff <laughs> than I think was originally let on in any of the trailers and in anything that I would have thought. I thought we were going to get a straight just all the adults, but there's a lot more of the kid stuff in that in this film in the second chapter than than I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so. but it should have been. I mean, yeah, we could like you said, we could talk about it when we get into the movie, but yeah, I mean, it should have been that way because that's the way the narrative is supposed right. to be. Um, but uh, sure. Yeah, I I'm I'm sure that there was a and that added to probably that extra 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Time too, for sure. Yeah. So okay. looking at the rest of the box office here before we do, we do dive uh, deep into it. Um, so Angel Has Fallen uh, is actually holding up pretty well. That's the... Uh, have you Are you a fan of that franchise? Mm, no. I'm, I, <laughs> I saw but, the first one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so... It just felt kind of like Home Alone-ish to me. Oh. So I didn't do it. Yeah, where they kind of repeat the same thing. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, wow, that's a... Interesting yeah. comparison, yeah. Um, so yeah, that did almost six million in its in its third weekend, um, and uh, so the Lion King uh, continues its incredible run, right? It's that's it's, uh, wild. Yeah, another. It's still in the top five. It was four this weekend after eight weeks. Another four point three million, and uh, it's you know getting towards uh, five hundred thirty million domestic and one point six billion worldwide. Uh, you know, now here's the one movie that we should talk about. So Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. So the last time we talked about this, I was talking about how I felt that the opening weekend, as far as the domestic opening weekend, was a disappointment, right? Right. This movie has had much better legs than you would think. Oh, yeah, it has. So it has had much better legs than a Fast and the Furious movie traditionally does. And, of course, because of the fact that, as we did mention, China has been an incredible market for the Fast and the Furious franchise, and at, it didn't open until August 23rd in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it certainly didn't disappoint there because it's done like $185 million in China alone, which is you know following mm-hmm. along with the what those movies have done lately in China. So the movie right now, it was five this weekend, $3.8 million. It's at $164.3 million domestic, and it's over $700 million worldwide, probably heading close to $800 million. Yeah. So uh, this movie, all of a sudden, now is going to be one of the more successful movies, uh, at least worldwide, in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's had a great run, and um, so yeah, it it has held. Uh, it has definitely not played out. Uh, opening weekend, it played out like a typical action movie in August, but since then, it's played out a lot closer to like a franchise film. Yeah, it's uh, what's that number five in the in the franchise. Yeah, and like counting. in terms of ranking. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the big story there, and really not much else. Not much else going on. Yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, and as far as the box office, but uh, as we start to head now, uh, the next big one is going to be Joker, that comes out next month, and I'm starting to see forecasts for that. 
hovering around the hundred plus million dollar range opening weekend. Right. Uh, with the hype that it's getting, I could certainly see that happening because I, I hear I'm a so lot. Worried. I hear a lot of people talking about this movie. I am very very worried. You're worried. I don't know. Like, I just what? I'm like about the uh, box office or about no, the, no, no, the movie no, no, itself. No. I'm, I'm just the hype. I, I, it, it's like it's starting to like go off the hype meter for me. Yes. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah. my expectations are going to be really really high if I walk into this movie and then it just doesn't live up to. It. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, I. And I'm trying to stay away. From yeah, it, I mean, like I said, way. I I really wish that those. Uh, I wish it didn't. It was not in that film festival, and it, it did wind up winning, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I. It's just that. Yeah, this hype is is getting to the point where it's like. I'm not even sure. It, it could be a great movie, and still probably may not even live up to the hype. But I'm hoping it exceeds the hype because. Yeah. You know, I want this thing to be great. And it seems like it is, so I'm just going to yeah. go in with a... Cl- I'm going to have to clear my head like a week before. <laughs> Forget that I've heard anything about it. Yeah. And just go in that way. Uh, it's, yeah. Gosh. And now, now more and more reviewers, like legit, legitimate critics, have seen the film, and so they're commenting on it. And it's just... Look... If you like Marvel, great. If you like DC, great. If you like both, even better. But, like, I see so many people going, like, tit for tat online. Like, oh, you said this and that about if if there's a critique about Joker. I've seen people going after (laughs) critics. Like, you said this about Joker, but you said this about a Marvel film. It's like, really? Are we doing that? Just let it live in its own universe. Like, let's not do that. Let's just be fans of great films, okay? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get the look. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I read DC, right? I didn't really read Marvel, and all of my favorite characters, with the exception of Spider-Man, were DC characters. But I don't remember ever having a, like a battle, like no, between, like pissing contest. Yeah, like it was never like a big thing. Like, oh, you're a Marvel person. Right. Oh, you're, you know, you're, no, like that wasn't a thing. I mean, I'm sure it did exist to a point, mm-hmm. but like, no, like comic book, it was just fun to just meet other comic book fans, like yeah. superhero fans. Yeah, like, that we was were the all common link. together. Like, you yeah. love comic book, comic books, whether you were a DC or Marvel person, like yeah. you were in good company because you were with the rest of the geeks. Like, and even if you were into like Transformers and G.I. Joe and stuff yeah. like that, like, Come on in, wrestling, yeah. great. Bring it on, I mean, whatever. It's so funny you say that because, like, I, I, going back to my childhood, I didn't, you know, I loved Wolverine, I loved the Batman, yeah, you know, I loved a whole bunch. I'm so mad at myself because I remember looking at the the death of uh, of Jason Todd, um, comic book, Death in the Family, yeah, yeah, and holding it in my hands and going like, why would they kill Robin? And I should have grabbed that freaking book, but <laughs> yeah. um, anyways, uh. You know, we never got into that kind of stuff. And I love the Punisher and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, for me, I was just inspired by the art. And I, then I started getting into Image Comics and all yeah. of the work that they were doing when they spun off. So it's like, I don't get it now. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, you know, it's look, social media is just in society today. It's everything now. It, it creates these like, you know, factions and teams and cults and uh, everything's got to be like we just can't exist. Like we all can't exist on our own thing. Everything is argumentative, right? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, look, there have been 
DC movies that I've loved. There have been DC movies that I've hated. There have been uh, Marvel movies that I've loved, Marvel movies that I've hated. Um, it, not because one is the other. and not, You know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. that's fine. Like, I love movies. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. And and this whole idea, like so, I like I'm seeing like some of these Marvel people, right? They get at the DC people as if there's like the Nolan trilogy never existed, right? right or as if right. Donner's Superman was never a thing, or they they somehow want to leave out Wonder Woman, you know, when talking about like you know the, this current run of movies, and it's just like no, well you can't be selective about it. Yeah, you know, like you gotta, you know, it's just, but that's what well, happens when you start getting into all of this stuff. Like it, it's just. It's bizarre to me. I don't. I don't get. Of all the things, like I, I don't really get what any fan gets out of. Like, what do you get out of that? Like, yeah. Like I get it. Like if you're a sports fan, right? Okay. Like your team, your team may suck, and the other, you know, your friend's team may be great. Whatever. So like in New York here, we have like trash on the Mets, right? And uh, you got the Jets and the Giants and stuff. So you go, and even though they're not necessarily natural rivals as far as like from a competitive standpoint, um, there's a rivalry because it's you know cross town rivalries, right? Um, so sure, like if you're a Mets fan here in New York, like your real rivals, and I've said this my whole life, like I'm a Mets fan, but my I never looked at the Yankees as rivals. My rivals were like the Braves, the Cubs, you know, the Phillies, stuff like that, right? Uh, as a Jet fan, I never hated the Giants as a rival. The Patriots, the Dolphins, I mean, those are my rivals, right? So, like, I get it, but there's a competitive thing there, right? Like, you're winning championships. Like, right. it's, it's about competition in sports. Well, movies aren't about competition, right? They're not about winning championships. So, I'm still trying to figure out what you get out of it. Like, just being like, a, you didn't do anything. I mean, technically, you don't do anything either as a fan of a sports team, but you really don't do anything if you're a quote-unquote Marvel fan just because those movies made a lot of money. Right. I don't see what you get out of that. It's weird to me, and I don't don't see what you get out of... And I guarantee you that it's it's mostly social media-driven, right? Because... Oh, 100%. Like, these people... Whereas, like, when it comes to sports, like, you... With your actual friends, right, you have your competition. Right. But these people are not... They don't have actual friends. I'm pretty sure that they're arguing. Not that they don't have friends, but I'm saying they don't have actual friends that they're sitting there arguing Marvel versus DC than the success of the movies. With. I find that hard to believe that that's a thing. Maybe right. it is, but I, 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 I it seems to me that it's very social media driven. I, I certainly hope that people don't spend their time in person <laughs> trying to, you know, quote unquote, dick measure against Marvel versus DC. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's just uh, I mean, like I said, we we're, that's one team we're all supposed to be on. Yeah. The geek team. Like we're sure. all supposed to The one thing we should all agree on is that I mean, comic book movies being a thing is great and their success is fantastic and I feel like we won but Hell somehow yeah, we we're we're turning against each other now. I mean, we were, you know, at least when I was growing up, we were like definitely the disenfranchised group in, yeah. you know, elementary school right. and whatever so uh the fact that i get to have these kinds of conversations the fact that i get to sure have a podcast where we get to talk not only just about movies in general but about comic book movies and analyze them and go back to the source material i mean we we were you know we were building this thing before we even knew it yes exactly being ridiculed for it <laughs> every step of the way so. yeah I, I just think Put your just, swords down, is amazing fella. to me. Exactly. Guys, we guys and girls, we won this thing. 
Yeah. Let's not turn against each other. It doesn't make sense. Seriously. Uh, it's a good time, a great time, actually, right now, to be yeah. a fan of this type of stuff. And and uh, just start podcasts about yeah. it if you need to. Don't, no sense in doing the whole team-up stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And speaking of, I mean, we get to celebrate yet another you know, film that's rolling out, which was attached to the it film. And that was birds of prey. Uh, yeah, there was a kind of a teaser of a teaser. It uh, was so fast. The, the, what seemed like five hours worth of previews before it. Yeah. But it, this was the very last thing and it was very quick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so fast. I mean, there's not much to it, so it's hard to really have much of a, um, a reaction to anything. Other than the fact that it, you know, clearly focuses on Harley Quinn, uh, not a shock, uh, right. and it's really like, um, I mean, she comes out and she says like, what does she say? Like, I'm I'm sick of clowns or something like that. Yeah, something sick is of effing clowns. Clearly, yeah, tied into it, knowing it was going to be attached to that. So, right. Uh, you know, well, they did the whole balloon thing and all that. Yeah, and the balloons, and I I don't, uh, yeah, I I have I don't really have any opinion on it other than the fact that it was a thing. Yeah. Um. You know, I wish it was a little bit slower, so I could have seen more. And I've watched it like I even watched it before we jumped on this. Um, <laughs> it was leaked. It was leaked before. Uh, I saw it before the before going to see it. So I saw it the third time in the theater, um, and I still wasn't able to catch anything other than. And we talked a little bit about this, other than Harley throwing her mallet at somebody, and that was that was it. But. Uh, Cool. Yeah, it looks stylized. It looks uh it looks still kinda looks like it comes from the same wall as Suicide Squad. Um so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kinda would hope that, that it is a st- I want it to be very stylized and sort of over the top. I I'm I I think that it fits, but yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. So, oh, actually, one thing I will say though before we talk about it, because the, the this thing was not on my radar, uh, and now it is because this pre this trailer also oh, uh, came on before say. it, and that's Knives Out. Yes. Uh this movie, <laughs> that trailer, kind of knocked me out. I can't wait for that to come out, and I see the early reviews on it. Everyone saying it's great. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, that's the new Ryan Johnson movie. It's the a Ryan murder. who? The who Johnson? Ryan who? Johnson. You might have heard of him. He made a, a movie um, called The Last Jedi that we all loved and all <laughs> agree about, right? Um, but anyway, he um, it, it's like a murder mystery comedy, sort of. like a. It seems like a cross between like... Um, like And Then There Were None and like Clue sort of mashed together. Yeah. At least from the trailer. Uh, it's got an amazing cast. Daniel Craig, um, Chris Evans, Christopher Plummer, um, a whole bunch of Jamie people. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, so uh, it, it looks great. <laughs> i got to be honest yeah. with you. It looks absolutely yeah. great. And I, I that, Again, that was not on my radar whatsoever. Uh, I kind of remembered that it was coming out, that there was a movie called Knives Out that he was directing, but I, I didn't really know what it was. And uh, yeah. so this was like literally the first thing I've seen of it. And I was it kind of awesome. blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Looks great. I'm excited. Okay. So now we can talk about it. Chapter two. So for those of you who uh, don't want to hear any spoilers, um, we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to get deep into this movie, but we should leave them with something. Yes. Code word. We'll leave you with the code word. 
which or the code phrase, which is go for the head. Now remember, tweet that at us. Tweet tweet that at us at the fanboy at the, garage. Right, at the fanboy garage, yeah. Yeah. And then you'll be entered into yes. the contest. Yes, exactly. So it chapter two. <laughs> so this movie, uh, if you would have if we were recording this show when uh, right after I left the theater on Sunday morning when I saw the movie, uh, I, this would have been a much different podcast, I think. <laughs> because okay. my... Th- and this doesn't happen to me very often, but this is one of those cases where my initial reaction, like when I text you after I saw it, was I really liked yeah. this movie. Yeah. And the more, though, I thought about this movie over the last couple of days and the more I've kind of talked to people about it and, and we've kind of analyzed the film and stuff, the less I like this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened to me in the theater. I, I kind of got caught in the moment. I think it's a combination of the fact that I've always preferred the adult narrative of it to the children's narrative. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm, maybe I'm in the minority there. I don't know. I, I definitely was in you the minority. You are on this show. Well, yeah, I definitely was in the minority when it came to people who I did not love the first movie. I thought it was good, not great. I didn't think it was particularly scary. Um, But so I just like I really enjoyed this movie in the moment. I thought Bill Hader was fantastic. And I think that's part of why I I kind of enjoyed the movie as much as I did. And I liked the cast a lot. And I thought they were good for the most part. And there were nods in this to... Um, Raimi's Evil Dead movies. There were nods to Nightmare on Elm Street. In fact, there's mm-hmm. a, a literal reference to Nightmare on Elm Street at the end of the movie. Um, so I think I got caught up in that because those are my two of my favorite horror franchises. So I got caught up in a lot of that stuff. And, and then somehow, like, a lot of the really bad stuff I, I was kind of gave a free pass to in the moment. But then thinking about it back, I'm like, wow, there was some really bad stuff in this movie. Uh, there was some stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and uh, so, I mean, let's get into it. I mean, I know you you thought it was good, but you definitely had some issues with it, which you, you haven't told me yet what those are. So, yeah. So as I, as I mentioned, like in our text. So, so again, I, I liked I thought it was good. I prefer the first chapter, certainly over the second. Um I just I, I like the charm of the kids. I thought the acting from all of the, the cast um, in the first chapter was, was great. Um, not that not that uh, the acting in the second chapter was was bad. It's just that Bill Hader just crushed it. So everyone had to, like, keep up, essentially. My biggest issue with this film, uh, the second chapter, is... Okay, if you are um, Andy Machete and you are planning your film, why wouldn't you film this back to back, like together? Yeah. Okay. Take like take advantage of the age of your young cast, especially if you're going to rely on them so much in the telling of the second chapter, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. That whole <clears throat> the flashback stuff, like so again, a big fan of this the series, um, which did a lot of the flash forwards and the flash. Well, I'm sorry, not flash forwards, the flashbacks, 
as you were introduced to each character, which worked really well. Um, because we don't have that in the first chapter, I just thought we were going to, you know, it was going to be like the adults kind of, you know, quick, maybe quick flashes to things that had happened in the first movie, but that was it. But there's like whole other stuff like these, there are new sequences, new, new, um, <clears throat> new, uh, interactions with, with it Pennywise. And so, um, the actors' faces are being manipulated to look the the younger cast are being manipulated to look younger because they've all aged out of yes. their role, right? And that that bothered the shit out of me the entire film. It took me. I I hate when people say this, but it literally took me out of the film because I'm now looking at. Um, I'm sorry. I'm totally blanking on the on the big kid's name. Um, what's his, the character's name? The, uh, which one? The, the fat kid. Ben. Ben. I was going to say Glenn. His face in particular just looked horrible. <laughs> I was like, uh, Warner Brothers needs to fire whoever they're using for their VFX because it looked really bad to me. And it just threw me. It just kept on throwing me in and out. And then um, there were things that felt forced in the film that just didn't really serve the narrative. Um and I'm trying to trying to trying to stay away from some spoilers, but yeah, it just it just didn't work for me, and it just continuously distracted me. The CGI, the use of like a lot of CGI stuff, was a distraction for me in the entire film. Yeah, so and I it felt like the first one was better. I didn't have any of those experiences. In fact, I did the <clears throat> aging stuff didn't even really bother me. You're crazy. Um, probably because I haven't watched the first movie since the first time I saw it. Okay. So like it wasn't particularly fresh Those, in my this kid's mind. faces weren't really fresh in your mind right and but what somebody did mention to me and i don't know you didn't mention this maybe i don't know if you picked up on it or not because it does tie into like this critique you just did someone said to me that they they thought the voices were off pitch they were so you noticed that too yeah the whole thing i mean um ben's voice they had to do something different with him. The kid who plays Stan, I think they got away with a little bit, but Finn Wolfhard totally changed his voice. Yeah, that's what she she was totally changed. This his person voice. was completely distracted by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in some cases, the sync was off. Right. That's what. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so this is some of the stuff that, like, as I think back now, and and for me, even the narrative of it. Right. So. Uh, so there clearly there were there were changes that they made right from the source material for this, right? Uh, which again they you know they made changes in the TV movie as well, mm, which is kind of good because I don't know if anyone wants to see a galactic turtle, right? No, we don't need to see that, right? It's <laughs> it's like what you know when the changes Zack Snyder made in in Watchmen, right. like, when, to me squid. they were completely necessary. <laughs> Because we just don't need a giant squid thing, right? That just didn't make sense. But, um, but you know, even the TV movie made changes. But there were certain things the TV movie kept in that this movie didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even, and there were certain things this movie kept in that the TV movie didn't. But, um, you know, so there's a running joke in the movie about how, like, you know, the endings, right? Like, oh, you don't know how to write an ending. Right. To your book, right? right? Which is clearly a nod to the fact, I think, that people genuinely did not like the ending of it. Right. Any version yep. of it. 
right? So this movie does kind of make some changes to that. Some significant, some not. But I, I, and the sad part is I liked a couple of the changes that they made and then just absolutely detested uh, one of the major changes that they made. And that's the one that I've been thinking a lot about which is starting mm-hmm. to get me to like it less and less. So, you know, th- we can get, and we, we already said we were going to get into spoilers, yeah. so we might as well get into spoilers. So, plus, I mean, people, if you know the story of It, this is not going to be a major spoiler, right? right? So, in the end of the, we everyone I think who knows It famously knows that at the end, like it turns out that the, the thing is like a spider, right? A giant spider. Right. It turns out to be its like natural form. Right. Right? So, which has always been like, wow, really? <laughs> Uh, but in this movie, they they kind of instead of doing like a spider, they made made it like a crab spider thing, but with Pennywise's like head, like yep. torso, and his his he's actually speaking, right? He's it's like Pennywise with like a crab spider body, right? Which it's is like The Rock from The Mummy Two. There you go. Uh, I liked that better than just having this spider. There, right. that's just stu- I I preferred this because it gave it gave you a chance to get more of like Pennywise and his personality and stuff like that, sure. and it was a more vibrant I thought villain. That was cool. However, um, now I'm not going to say that the idea of everybody punching us the spider until they they get to its heart and pull out the heart was a fantastic ending, but the whole we're going to talk you down. That and tell you that me. you're not a big old meanie until you shrink down to like nothing. If that was horrendous, yeah, that's what. Remember, I was saying to you via text that the ending was awfully convenient. Like convenient? The, I wouldn't even say. I mean, that was. I'm not but even it was sure. like it was like the it, no. But what I meant by that was, and I want to get into it um, via text because we we're right. going to do the show, but um. So social justice warrior type, like I'm gonna I'm gonna defeat the bully. I'm gonna make you feel small because there's some insecurity that you're dealing with, right? Which is why you're a bully to us and you've been tormenting us our entire childhood. And so we're gonna just flip it back on you. Kind that kind of concept. And I was like, I'm watching this. I'm like, are you are you are we doing this? Like really? He's like, oh, there's other ways to make him feel small. It's like, is that that's the best you can do as a clown? Like, I'm like, wow. And well, and that was the thing. And this was again one of those ones. Like in the moment, even in the moment, that one kind of made me cringe a little bit. But I didn't. The disdain that I had for that didn't develop until I really thought more about it. Like right. in the because I was like, well, I kind of enjoyed the movie, even though that was stupid. And the ending of it has always been stupid. So, like, what's the difference? But that was like. The words they were using, I mean, these are adults, so I understand that they're supposed to be like, you know, you're supposed to think like, well, they're they're reverting back to like, you know, when they were, they're still those kids, right, that defeated him the first time. Right. So, but do, do they need to talk to him like they were like fourth graders on a playground? <laughs> exactly. Like, that was like, eesh. there was probably a a much better way of doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, if you gave me 20 minutes, I could probably think of it. Um, but yeah, that was bad. And for me, there were a couple of things that didn't make sense in the sense in the fact that like, so the whole time, right? Uh, Mike is 
telling them about the whole curse, right, and how they, they can beat it. Right. Because he learned from this ancient tribe that they beat it once, right? Mm-hmm. And then if they stay together, they could do this. And then the whole time I'm thinking to myself, but wait a minute. If this ancient tribe were successful in this um, ceremony that they why, did they why are back? we here? Yeah, why are we, why is it still coming back to it? And nobody else thinks to ask him this question. And right. all in the movie, and then all of a sudden he reveals that he lied. Right. Well, he, I mean, it's right. revealed that he lied. And that ancient tribe was actually killed in the process of their ceremony. And it's like, and they're stunned by this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that just didn't make any sense because if it had worked, we wouldn't be at this point. Right. That I thought was really weird. And that's, see, that when people talk about plot holes, yeah. like, and they want to talk about like time travel as a plot hole, that's why I say, like, no, that's not a plot hole. This is a plot hole. Yeah. Okay. When you introduce something like that, that that's a major plot hole to me. Um, it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and, and that was one of those ones. And and then like I think there were inconsistencies too with what it really is, right? So like at points they like at one moment they say, well, it, you see it in its natural form. It's it's lights, right? Which is a theme in the book, and it's it's mentioned in the um in the thing too. But then it's like, well, is it lights or is it something with a heart that beats? Right. You know, and there's even moments where, like, it looks like there's lights kind of shooting through behind Pennywise. And, like, Pennywise like the lights just... are manipulating him. Yeah, but then it's like, no, but then it, it, it was the heart of the, the. Yeah, I was like, you know what? This is not really. They're not bringing this one home. Yeah. They're not really sticking this landing here. The more, and again, the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, well, that really didn't make a whole lot of sense. And And how many times in the movie did they. Um, did they say, well, we have to stick together. We can only beat this thing if we stick together, but let's all separate right now. Yeah, let's all run away again and and not look for each other. <laughs> yeah, so it was just things like that that kept going on. And, and again, in the moment, not, that stuff didn't really bother me because I was like enjoying the ride that I was on. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, this is going to be one of those movies where it's like, wow, this wasn't a very good movie. But yeah. I, I did find it entertaining because, I like I said, I did find like some of those more like Raimi-esque Evil Dead moments and some of those Nightmare on Elm Street-esque moments kind of effective. Um, mm-hmm. And I did love the cast, and I thought they were all really good, you know, for the most yeah. part. And Oh, there's things that were like... So there's the whole storyline with um, with um, Bill Hader's character, right? With Richie, Richie. Yeah. Where they're they're basically saying that like you know he's he's in the closet basically yeah but that never yeah, goes anywhere like it, no it doesn't, it doesn't. and it, it, it's like uh, that's the thing um, so again that goes back to to outside of the technical stuff if you're going to write a movie and you know you're going to be doing it in you know two chapters like start planting those seeds in the first film because that that's not none of that stuff is there. And I get that they relied a lot on the flashbacks to help kind of stitch that story together, but they didn't do a really good job at it. It starts off with him playing, you know, wanting to connect with some kid. And the funny thing is I'm watching this and, you know, um, you know, it looked like Richie was just trying to like, Hey, here's another quarter. Like, well, let's play street fighter again. And then, <clears throat> the kid, you know, screams at him, calls him a name, and tells um, 
Henry and you know they they lash out at him with a slur and all this and then he like leaves the the arcade store right I didn't think anything of it other than he was just being picked on and then all of a sudden they start to like kind of sow the seeds of like oh you know actually like Richie has been in the closet yeah. the whole time and and like I didn't figure it out until the very end until I was like it was like R plus E and then I was still trying to figure out, I was like, who was E in the movie? Was it, like, another girl? And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. But, again, it doesn't go anywhere, though. <laughs> no, it's I mean, it, it just, it, and, and it's and weird it because do? they open the film with this kind of gut-wrenching, this real gut-wrenching mm-hmm. um, this opening scene, right, where a, like, a couple, right, they get, like, basically attacked at a fair, right? <clears throat> Right. These two guys, they get beat up by this group of thugs at a fair. And, like, I thought somehow that would all tie in somehow. No. But no, it doesn't. It just, it was supposed to be, I guess, a scene uh, just to show you how, like, Deary is this antiquated, evil town. Yeah. I, I It was just kind of just, there was just a lot of things that happened just that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just showed how, like, everyone was watching. In the background, did yeah. you, did you caught that, and then yeah, you know, Pennywise comes back, right? And then you have, um, yeah, I mean, so James McAvoy, who's always great, right? I mean, he's he's good in this, and but then there's even moments with him where it's just like, like this one scene where, um, the, I was talking to one of my coworkers, and she was like, that scene where he's yelling at that little oh, like boy, the kid? like she just started cracking up. Yeah, like she thought it was hysterical because it's just like, what is wrong with this guy? And this poor kid's handling it way better than anybody else's. I mean, he gets screamed at by like two adults yes. on two separate occasions yeah. in the film. Yeah, and he's like, um, so I gotta go to the fair, okay? And I'm like, dude, if I were you, I mean, l- let me tell you something. If it was like a random person who came up to me on the street and just started screaming at me, I'd be freaked out, like. I, I can't, you know, I can't scream at anybody like that. Even kids I know, <laughs> and they'd be like, they'd be crying, and this kid's like, uh, yeah, I yeah, he's handling things remarkably well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... And like the the violence in this, it, it, to your point about the the opening scene, is actually like kind of tough. Yes, it is. To watch. Yes. Yeah. Like the scene with the little girl under the bleachers. Yes. That, that I didn't think she was gonna go, and and she does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's so there's I mean, there's some effective stuff in this. Um, mm-hmm. Again, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I sat there for two hours and forty nine minutes and and enjoyed myself despite <laughs> the fact that. But then again, I mean, to be fair, if I have to be, you know, I, again, the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, I have a feeling the next time I watch this, if I watch it again, I'm I might hate it. <laughs> Ooh, I'd probably not hate it, but it, there's it's going to slip. There's bad stuff. Yeah, there's bad yeah. stuff in this. I mean, were there any scenes to you that uh, genuinely scared you? No. So, but that uh, not really. Uh, but that's not. Don't hold me to that though, because I don't find a lot of modern horror scary. Yeah. Um. You know, like I, I know Dark people. Soul. People love the Conjuring films. I tried I to watch the watch Conjuring, con, the Conjuring. I tried to watch the Conjuring, and I thought it was as scary as a Lifetime movie. Oh, um, I can't watch that stuff, man. 
Yeah, I don't know. So I Paranormal Activity can't watch it. Yeah, that's I, like a one and done. Like for me. I, I'll never forget the Blair Witch Project. Everybody was losing their minds over the Blair Witch Project, and everybody was telling me how it's the scariest thing they've ever seen, and they they'll never go camping again, and all this stuff. And like I watched, and I was just like, I just didn't get it. I was like, this isn't scary. This isn't doing anything for me. I the, all of these kids are annoying. I actually was hoping at some point that Jason would come out with a weed whacker and take them all out because <laughs> I just didn't like any of them. But I, yeah, so I don't find a lot of like, I'm trying, I really, I was actually thinking the other day about someone asked me like, what, what was the last like horror movie that you actually thought was like truly scary? And I, I had a hard time thinking about it. Mm. Um, I, I just don't, but, but that doesn't, I don't, that's not a knock in the sense. Cause like, I don't need to be completely terrified by a movie right. to enjoy it in that sense. Um, you know, th- this one I feel relied a little bit more on jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, no, I mean, n- nothing that really... Why? I mean, was there anything that, that stood out to you that was like... No, no, there scary? wasn't. That, that's the thing. Nothing really... Um, nothing really did it for me in this one. I mean, there was that little... Like I said, with the little girl, I thought... Yeah. I thought she was, she was going to be fine, and, and she wasn't... That was the one part where, like, my stomach kind of flipped. Um, I kind of feel like they, like, the trailer scene with the old lady. I was just thinking have that. been way creepier yes. than ever showed it. Yes. I, I was, that was actually what I was going to say. I was just thinking about that. I'm glad you said yeah, that. Yeah, because that, that scene has all of the absolutely. right ingredients. That is a very creepy scene, but I saw the whole scene yeah. in that teaser. So, I, yeah. it, I was just basically... And and it was literally that whole scene. Yeah. I mean, there pretty yep. much wasn't much else to it. So yeah, that there was that was some really creepy stuff. And it would have been that would have probably scared the crap out of me. Uh, and again, I think I relied a little bit too much on the C- CG, like the attack of the gigantic Paul Bunyan scene. That was just odd. Um, yes. That was. that was just very very bizarre. I yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't really caught up on that. The the thing with with Eddie and the his mom thing that was. I actually, you know, when I got scared was uh, well, not even scared. I just kind of was like, whoa, was uh, when Henry Henry stabs Eddie in the face. Yeah, that yeah, was that was like, a good moment. That was a great yeah moment. But yeah, and it's so fast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But. He wasn't really a threat. I, like I felt like the, the in the series, um, Henry is more of a more of an ominous threat to the to the adults in that. In that uh, yeah, he ver- just has a couple of moments in this. He wasn't he wasn't menacing, and the fact right. he's being driven around by a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. Yes, it is. But yeah, um, so if, if you could read it. What would you like? What like letter grades? Yeah. I, well, I mean, what? It's hard to say now because, like, walking out of the theater, I probably would have said like. Walking out of the theater, I probably would have uh, agreed with Cinema Score audiences and probably said B plus. Yeah. Uh, but now thinking about it, and with a lot of those flaws, like I think it's hard for me to justify that right. um, because I, I know that if I watch it again 
kind of just having thought about some of those things that I just think are genuinely bad, um, it, it probably would go down. I'm not sure how far down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, this isn't like Venom, right? Where like Venom was just a terrible movie. Right. That just I f- didn't know what to do with. <laughs> Uh, this is a movie that like I genuinely was entertained by and enjoyed sitting watching it. And then, I guess, for whatever reason, just kind of being oblivious in the moment to a lot of its flaws. And then after the fact, thinking about it again, sort of dissecting all these flaws and all these things that are genuinely wrong with the movie and that actually bothered me about the movie. Right. So that, and like I said, that doesn't happen to me very often. Like, I mm. usually, like, I'll be like, all right, well, I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, it was flawed, but I enjoyed it anyway. Like, it's weird that I would start thinking more about the flaws, like, after the fact. Yeah. And and I do think that part of the reason is because I I think I just... There were certain things about the movie that I like. Like, that scene where they first meet when they get to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, That's a great great. scene. You know, so, like, things like that just kind of, you know, sucked me in from the very beginning. Yeah. And, uh... But yeah. Oh, and even they're like their apprehension to to doing, and they're all kind of coming to terms with it. And yes, the idea of them all having to find a token that reminds them. Yes. But again, to me, that the idea of all that felt contrived because we'd already seen the story of how they were introduced or interacted with it with Pennywise, and so having to them to do this these extra scenes felt. A bit. It was contrived too, in the sense that when you realize that that whole narrative was BS anyway, because that ties into the whole. Right, it's for nothing. Right, that ties into the whole idea of like you know Mike's lying to them and nobody realizes that. Right, and then it doesn't matter anyway, and right. then they just said you're a mean old meanie, we don't like you, and then they beat him that way. Yeah. So the, it really was, it turned out to just basically be an excuse to do flashbacks. Right. And and, and not very good ones because and, that whole like right. under the, and like, yeah, okay, sure, Ben, you built this underground bunker. Sure you did. Um, that whole scene is yeah. where the C, the CGI goes off the chain crazy. It's it's weird. The because... lighting is bizarre. It it like at that moment I literally had to like close my eyes and go what the hell am I watching? I feel like I'm watching Superman's upper lip again. Yeah. And it's funny because they've also felt the need to like incorporate the bike into the movie. Hardcore. But the main reason why the bike exists in the book in the TV movie doesn't happen in this movie. Right, because that's tied to it's one of those things where it's like he uses that as his memory of his childhood, right. and he uses it to revive his his, his wife. wife, who's catatonic, having been part of the finale. She's not that. None of that is a thing in this movie. Yeah, that whole storyline is dropped. So it was, and weird they introduced they, her. They did. So it was weird that they would put that much emphasis on. It was almost like that was kind of like one of those things. It's like, well, we have to have it in there because it's kind of an iconic part of the. Same bike from the series, by the way. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, there was... um, Now, do you think that this movie... So, I I had mentioned before, when we were talking about... I'm doing the box office thing, talking about how I, I feel like this movie, despite not technically being a sequel 
in the true sense of the word. It functions like a sequel because the first movie has a beginning, middle, and end to it, and it can be used. You can watch it as a standalone story. Yeah. Do you think this movie can be viewed as a standalone story? Yeah. Because, and I think that's probably, and I agree, and I think that's probably why those flashbacks are so prevalent in this, because I think they almost made this as if, you know, you could watch one or the other and pick and choose. It's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure type of thing. It's like, which version do you want to see? Do you want to see just the kids? Do you want to see the thing with the adults and the kids? Do you want to watch them all together for 8 million hours and have one giant story? You can do that, too. And I think they, they were really... I think almost too cognizant on making that a thing. Yeah, it's kind of funny because this one, this one plays out similar to the series, right? Because you're introduced to the adults, and then well, this is the way the narrative of the book works, right? So in the book, you get some, you get the kids first, and then they go back and forth once the adults yeah. get introduced. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um. It, but. Yeah, I mean, you could you could totally shelf because again, I think a lot of what what happens in, um, in the um, in the second chapter, they're completely new um, uh, in- right. instances and yeah. interactions with with Pennywise. Yeah. So it, you don't need the first film, right? I think the and I think this is probably why, in my opinion, the first film works better. Is because it's a discovery film in the sense of like it's like the Goonies. They're trying to put things. They're trying to put the pieces together and figure out right. how they're all connected and what it what is it that's that's you know poisoning this town. And it, <clears throat> the kids realize that it has to be them because they've finally figured it all out. This isn't really that. There isn't really much to. Uh, the story other than for them to fulfill the responsibility and the promise that they made before. Right. And they need to be reminded. Like, that's it. I mean, it's a, it's a MacGuffin, to your point before, that the whole thing with Mike telling them that lie, and you spend most of the time having them chase these little tokens, it's it's pointless. Yes. So, all right. So that's our take on it. Uh, we do have one final question from Ron Diesel uh, that's tied into this and Stephen King. He said, could a remake or reboot of Christine work today, or is that something that today's general audiences are not too interested in? So, for those of you who don't know, Christine is the Stephen King story about a car, the evil car that uh, comes to life and murders. Uh, They have made a movie about it um, already. Uh, Christine has never been one of my favorite Stephen King stories. Um... Do I think that I mean I guess technically general audiences if I don't know that see I don't know that there are a lot of Stephen King movies that general audiences are going to be big fans of like yeah it just became this phenomenon and again right. we, we got into some of the reasons why I thought that happened but I, I'm sure there was even more reasons than that but for whatever reason it became this huge phenomenon but his movies historically don't do huge numbers right the movies based on his stories even the really good ones haven't done huge, huge box office. So I, I don't think Christine would be a movie that would be this huge mainstream success. I mean, they're remaking Pet Cemetery, right? Yeah, uh, there doing, they, yeah, they did that. Yeah, doing a new take on that and, and that, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, sure, they'll continue, I think, to, 
to and Doctor Sleep is coming out, which is the sequel yeah. to The Shining with Ewan McGregor. Um, so they're going to continue to make these movies because, of course, now that it's become this huge thing, they're going to say, well, that means the Stephen King brand must be hot now, which I guess we'll see. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that Christine works for me. It never did anyway. So I, don't, I it wouldn't work for me today anyway. Um, it's a weird, weird story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I agree. I, I mean, a murdering car. No. Unless you're going to do The Wraith. Hey. And bring that movie back. I'm yeah, cool you're a big fan of The Wraith, are you? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Love that. Got it. Um, but, you know, I think it would be interesting to, if, if, if they were going to – I mean, they did Carrie, right? Carrie's a, a, a recent Stephen King remake Um. With um, what's your yeah they pace? they've remade Carrie a few times yeah yeah I mean I'd I'd actually be interested to see Cujo you would oh yeah really the first movie creeped me out when I was a kid so it's creepy um I I just it's a very limited story though they're essentially trapped in a car yeah for the whole damn movie have you ever seen have you ever seen um Ryan Reynolds did a movie called Buried. Yes, um, I I had I, that's a movie that I have trouble watching because that is like a huge fear of mine. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, that, uh, that's a, that's a great movie too. I yes, think. it is. Um, yeah, you know, you know kind of do that a little bit. Uh, oh man, uh, here's a bad one to uh, to remake the <laughs> Sleepwalkers. Okay, well, so now here's a <laughs> see. Now we're gonna get into this is where we're, the, we're gonna start running into. With the cat people over time, so Sleepwalkers is an actual um, original screenplay that Stephen King wrote. It was never a book, like Maximum Overdrive, which is also yeah. a terrible movie. Uh, it, those were original screenplays that he wrote. Um, I saw Sleepwalkers in the theater. Wow! Yeah, true story. Um, that is a. Guilty pleasure of mine. That movie. <laughs> I do not hate sleepwalkers. I, I I enjoy it too. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre story, um, but uh, yeah, I I will watch sleepwalkers when it's on. Yeah. Not often. It's not on very often, but shockingly, no. but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he look. He's had some. You know, they they re- they remade The Shining right in a TV movie. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit more faithful to the book than the the you know the famous classic Stanley Kubrick uh, movie. That's why Doctor Sleep is interesting because they they're saying that it's going to be faithful to the book and the well not not just the book that it was based on but faithful right, to the, the book the Shining book and to Kubrick Shining. It's going to be a successor to both of those. Um, whereas I guess the the Doctor Sleep book was you know a successor to the the shining book yeah which kubrick's movies takes significant liberties with mm-hmm. so that's going to be interesting it's it's going to be a follow-up to the book but at the same time it's going to exist in the same universe that the movie uh happened in so that's yeah looks, cool. that the trailers look fascinating yeah. to me it's pretty cool all right so, so all right let's get ready to get out of here we'll do some plugs of course the fanboygarage.com Check out our episodes, the episode archive. Go to our merch store and buy some merch. You can send us an email uh, through the site as well for those of you not on the social medias. 
And of course, we want you to join the conversation. You can do that on Twitter at the Fanboy Garage, also on Instagram at the Fanboy Garage, and on Facebook uh, at the Fanboy Garage. Uh, you can join one of our <laughs> groups there as well. Have some discussions there, and individually, you can find me on Twitter at Real CL Mighty. And you can find me on Twitter at Starting Seth. Thanks again, as always, for listening. If you do like what you hear and you want to support the show, please do leave us a five-star review. We will much appreciate it. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. 